What does it really mean to tell someone, I love you? Philosophically speaking, what does it mean essentially for one person to tell another, I love you? It means, I want your good. I want what is best for you, and I'm willing to lay down my life to give it to you. That's what a man is really saying to a woman when he tells her, I love you. I want what is best for you, and I'm willing to die so that you get it. In a sense, that's what I want to say to all of you today as your priest. I love you, and I want what is best for you. And what is best for you? Heaven, the salvation of your soul. And I'm willing to die for that to take place. Now, I just want to, in this homily, I want to lay all my cards out. I know I say things that not everyone agrees with, and I do things that not everyone understands or agrees with, that you don't see everywhere else. I want you to know my motivation for why I do what I do and why I say what I say. It all comes down to Christ's teaching in today's gospel. The four last things. We will all die. We will all be judged. And based on that judgment, we will go to eternal heaven or eternal hell. And even more, Jesus warned us that so strong is our proclivity to deny eternal consequences to our actions on earth that we would even disbelieve someone were they to come back from the dead and warn us about us. They will not listen to Moses and the prophets. They will not listen to anyone even if they came back from the dead. And when Jesus warns us about hell, what is He doing? He's loving us. He's loving us more than anyone else could ever love us because He's saying, this is a real danger. This is a real threat in your lives. And the last thing I ever want is that anybody go there. So this is what you have to do to go to heaven and avoid hell. And I, as your priest who am called and ordained to echo the words of Christ, to live out His mission, I must do the same thing. If I truly love you as my sheep, and this is a real threat, the most unloving thing I could ever do is let anybody who's going down that path continue. And yet that's what we've come to in our times. We've come to interpret any talk on hell as unloving as a mere scare tactic. And it's true, because if it doesn't exist, why would we ever talk about it? Why rock the boat? But if it does exist, what kind of man would I be if I let anyone under my care go there? I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie Concussion. It came out like four years ago with Will Smith. He plays a a forensic pathologist who, this is based on a true story recently happened in the NFL. They have a lot more rules now around the NFL, around tackling and whatnot, because they, they came to see that this forensic, patholo- this forensic pathologist, Will Smith, was playing in real life, 
realized that there was many NFL players who were dying very shortly after they were getting out of the NFL. They were getting so bad of brain damage and traumatic injuries that they live a couple years and then they die with young families and everything. So when he realized this connection, he went to the NFL to try to warn them. And you know what they did? They ostracized him. So we don't want your, we don't want your, your data, get it away from here. Then he went to the doctors on the teams of these players and he found out that these very doctors on the teams knew that they had players who were one or two concussions away from irreversible brain damage or even death. And they weren't telling the players about it. And you know what their excuse was? This is all they got. We want them to enjoy the game while they have it. In fact, we care more about them than you do because you're trying to take the game from them. So the question, who loved those football players more? The doctors who knew that something was wrong and didn't say anything because they didn't want to hurt their feelings? Or the, this forensic pathologist played by Will Smith who's willing to risk everything he had in order to let these guys know that their life was in danger. Who loved them more? You know, as a priest, every single day I have to pray the breviary. I made a promise on that when I was ordained. Five times a day. And we've been having readings for the... We always have readings from the church doctors. People who were the original priests and bishops from the first like 300, 400 years of the church. And I've had two weeks of readings from St. Augustine. And what he is saying to priests back then that I'm reading today has really put me in a conscious exam. Because it's one warning after another to bad priests. And he said, the worst priests, I'll just read exactly his quote, bad priests let their sheep go astray when they get off the right path. Because those priests only care for protecting themselves. The good shepherd is the one who warns his sheep and is willing to run after them no matter where they are to bring them back. And he concludes by saying, if we as shepherds allow our sheep to be scattered, our souls will be liable to God for their fall. And all he's doing is he's echoing what God has always said throughout the entire scripture. In Ezekiel, when God is talking to the prophet, telling him to go to the people and warn them. This is what he says to him. If you refuse to warn the sinner of their misdeeds in order to save them, then they shall die for their sin. But I will hold you responsible for their blood. If on the other hand, you warn them to avoid sin and they do not sin, they will surely live because of your warning and you in turn shall save your own life. Do you see how intrinsically united my salvation is to yours? If I fail to be the priest that God is calling me to be as a shepherd, and I lose the souls entrusted to my own care, I lose my own soul. That's why John Paul II, St. John Paul II, when he came to America, this is one thing that he had to say to us priests. He said, too often preachers, catechists, and teachers 
no longer have the courage to preach about the real threat of hell. If you want to know why I do what I do, why I say the things that I say, why I preach the way I preach, why we put more confessionals in between every single Mass and on the weekdays, why we talk about the dangers of dying in mortal sin and staying in a state of grace, why I talk about being properly disposed to receive Holy Communion every time we come to Mass, why we warn you about mortal sins such as adultery, pornography, contraceptives, divorce, abortion, and the danger ideologies of same-sex unions. If you want to know why I do these things, it's because I love you. And I actually mean that. That I want what is best for you, which is the salvation of your souls. And I'm willing to die as a priest to make that happen. And if I don't speak the truth as your shepherd, not only will I save, fail to save the souls entrusted to my own care, I will not save my own life. So let's be honest. One of the hardest aspects of Revelation to accept is Jesus' teachings on hell. It's hard for everyone. It's definitely hard for a priest. And it's definitely hard for many of us who don't come from strong Catholic backgrounds because we have so many loved ones who aren't following the faith. But Jesus Christ, no one in the entire Scriptures talked about hell more than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Did you know that? And why did He talk about it so much? Because no one in Scripture loved us more than Him. And His whole mission was to save us from it. And He taught three things about hell. Jesus taught that hell exists, that it's eternal, and that many people go there. It exists, it's eternal, and many people go there. So I want to just look at that teaching in light of His words, the lives of the saints, and Our Lady of Fatima. Because the last thing I want you to think is that I'm preaching my own gospel. People ask me all the time, what are my thoughts on hell? And my only response is, why do you care what my thoughts are? I'm 31 years old. I have no life experience. All I'm here to do as your priest is to proclaim the word of Christ and the teachings of our saints and of our church. That's why I'm here. So Jesus warned us about hell by saying that heaven is worth sacrificing everything else to get there. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter heaven with one hand than with two hands to be thrown into hell where the worm does not die and the fire is never quenched. And he told us that we must be willing to strive after. We have to be willing to strive after it because it's far easier to just float by the wayside. He says, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. 
And another time he tells us it's not enough to just say you believe in him. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. It's because what we do in life manifests what we really believe. So if we really believe in Jesus Christ, we follow him and we obey him. As for the saints, St. Catherine of Siena, one of the greatest mystics and doctors and females of our church history, she wrote after a vision, I saw the torments of hell and those of purgatory. No words can describe them. Had poor souls, had poor mortals the faintest idea of them, they would suffer a thousand deaths rather than undergo the least of their torments even during a single day. St. Alphonsus of Liguori, doctor of the church, doctor of moral theology, wrote, Poor Judas, more than 1,700 years have elapsed since he had been in hell, and his hell is still only beginning. And St. Faustina, we pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, right, at 3 o'clock. It's all about mercy, and God's mercy was to come here to find us in our sin and bring us back. And that was the essence of her mission. And she wrote this in number 741 in her diary. I, Sister Faustina Kowalska, by the order of God, have visited the abysses of hell so that I might tell souls about it and testify to its existence. What I have written is but a pale shadow of the things that I saw. But I noticed one thing, that most of the souls there are those who disbelieved that there is a hell. And why is that? Because if there is no hell, why would I ever convert my life to avoid it? We either live what we believe, or we believe the way we live after a while. And we justify it. And I think that Mary knew that in the 20th century, so many people would come to disbelieve and to put into doubt what the church has always taught from its beginning about hell. And so in 1917, she came and she gave three secrets to these seers. This is the most authenticated apparition of Mary in the history of the church by every single pope since it has happened. And her first secret was she asked them to pray for sinners, pray for those who are living in mortal sin. And then I'm going to read to you exactly what Lucia, who was one of the seers who became a nun for the rest of her life to pray for humanity, what she herself wrote in her diary. At that moment, the lady opened her hands. The rays of light seemed to penetrate the earth, and we saw, as it were, a sea of fire, Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers. Amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. Terrified, and as if to plead for help, we looked up at Our Lady who said to us so kindly and so sadly, You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If what I say to you is done, 
many souls will be saved and there will be peace. I tell you honestly, as a priest, 14 months now, the hardest thing I have had to do in my life is speak the truth. It's a death every time. Because you know that people that you know and people that you love have the opportunity to reject you in that. And one of the hardest truths to preach about is the greatest truth that Jesus Christ, the most frequent truth that he preached, was, which is that of hell. But if I love you, if I really want what is best for you, then I should be willing to die as a priest to make sure that every single soul entrusted to my care goes to heaven. That's why I do every single thing I do. That's why I say every single thing I say. It's always with that in mind. If I love you, if I want what is best for you, how could I, how could I fail to warn you about what Christ himself preached, what the church teaches, what the saints experienced, and what the Blessed Virgin Mary herself revealed to us? How could I ever contradict that? The truth is, if hell doesn't exist, and if it's not eternal, and if many people do not go there, if Christ was wrong, if the church was wrong, if the saints were wrong, if Mary herself was wrong, why should I even preach? Why talk about the truth? Why be a Christian? Why convert? Why go to confession? Why strive to live a life of virtue when it's so much easier to live a life of vice? Why suffer the consequences of following Jesus Christ so radically in a world that has come to deny almost every single thing He ever taught? Why go through that? Let's face it, if hell doesn't exist, there are no consequences. And if there are no consequences, there's very little reason for us doing what we know is much harder. To love is to want what is best for the other and to be willing to die to give it to them. And nowhere do we see that more perfectly than in Jesus Christ. For it was for this very reason that He was sent to us. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that those who believe in Him might not perish, but might have eternal life. That's why He came 2,000 years ago. And that's why He's about to come to us right now in the Holy Eucharist to seek and to save what was lost, to carry us home to heaven where we belong, to save us from hell. Because that's what love does. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.